A reading from Isaiah. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you, I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Bring forth the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. Let all the nations gather together and let the people assemble. Who among them declared this and foretold to us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to justify them and let them hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am God. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Psalm A reading from Paul's Epistle to the Romans. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? God, who did not withhold God's own Son, but gave him up for all of us, will God not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? It is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, Peter became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached down his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The word of the Lord. There's really not even that much to say. I mean, the reason I think we're here more than anything is the Eucharist and to be with one another and to be strengthened. Um, and spiritually nourished, but we can't have the Eucharist without a gospel, so just shortly reflecting. This is the first one of these I've been in the middle of. I grew up in Florida, but I've never been in the middle of one of these. You know, Hurricane Andrew blew through Miami when I was about 10, and it blew through Miami, but, but I didn't live there. I didn't have the experience looking out my back door like a watchman for the morning every night three times during the night until this week. Some of you have done this before and it's this new image you know because water especially when you're in California water is such a nice thing to have. (laughs) It's so cleansing and we wash our cars with it and we get hydrated and it's great and at the time of Jesus, water was a symbol for chaos and evil and terror. And that was a symbol for us this week, wasn't it? This is the first time I really got it. The people around Jesus were terrified of water because this is what it did in the desert. It washed their homes away. If it didn't rain, they had nothing. And so Jesus comes to the disciples walking on top of not water, he comes walking on top of the chaos that it represents, of uncertainty, of flooding, of alerts going off all night on your phone, as if you could even sleep. Jesus comes walking on top of that. And the disciples think only a ghost could be there. Only a ghost could be in the middle of that chaos. And they say, come on, get in the boat, Jesus. And he has the opposite reaction. He calls the disciples out. At least Peter is willing to come. Jesus' response is that God is going to join us in those chaotic moments of flood and hunger and disaster and fear and that that's exactly where God wants us to join the world. 
I think the gospel reminds us that as much as we want God to get into our boat, God wants us to join Jesus in walking in the middle of chaos. So in the middle of these readings, we found ourselves, we've passed through the waters, we pray to God, we've passed through. And we know our brothers and sisters in Louisiana have not yet. We've waited like watchmen for the morning. And now I think Jesus asks us to join him in walking on the chaos that will be here, not for a sprint, but for a marathon for months and years of recovery to join him and saying in the middle of this chaos, God has not deserted us. It is exactly here that God would meet us. And we won't do it. We won't do it in the boat. We'll do it wading through the chaos, maybe sinking with each other, but bearing testament that God is exactly in these difficult places. And my prayer for us tonight is that we would be nourished to do this work, nourished to be kind and loving and generous and to join Jesus exactly in the hard places of Nassau Bay and League City and Dickinson and Texas so that God's imagination can be reality even in the middle of difficult circumstances.